Thank you, Sheldon. Thank you, team. We'll see you in a little bit, right? And we're going to sing uh, Holy again, and everybody will think they know it. How many of you, that's the first time you've heard the song that we just sang a little bit? Come on, raise your hand. You can raise your hand in church. I won't embarrass you. Wonderful song by Holy Forever. Uh, we had Staff Summit, which is our version of retreat, last Thursday and the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And a lot of times we'll just kind of get a theme song going, and this was it. We just fell in love with it and worshiped along with him and them every, every time we met. So isn't it wonderful? You know, that's what solves every issue is when we keep focused on him, who he is and his holiness. So uh, I'm just so thankful. That's one of the best songs I've heard in a while. I love, I love songs that go this way. I love, I love songs that go that way. Uh, just can't t- tell you enough how important it is for us to fellowship together. And you know by now it's been announced, 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 but we can never take for granted that you've heard it. But there's free food after this service and after the second service today. It's all kinds of soups if you're really brave. Mix all of the soups in one bowl and come to tell me about it, how you could create a new flavor, okay? Those of you that are new, hey, it's easier to feed your family here than to take them home or take them out. Save some money, okay? And if you feel really guilty, just put the money in the Outlinks box for others. We could solve all kinds of problems in a snap. But we so, in these dog days of winter in Ohio, we so need these fellowship times. So please, please... Up in this quadrant in the grandstand, wave at me if you're up there, up here. Come on, let me know you're alive. Well, I I missed hugging you all, so you owe me hugs, and I'm hoping to collect them over here today, all right? So I'll look for you. I can't tell you enough how much we support the teens. Dixie and I made a good contribution towards their NYC trip, and I hope you will too. Those envelopes are there. just makes a big difference. I think we have 20 or so going, and uh, that's going to be a life-changing event that's held every four years, and we want to assist in that any way we can. And I know, I know, I know, I know you will. Uh, Remind you about the He Gets Us campaign. There will be some commercials tonight, uh, 32nd and 62nd. Uh, this will be controversial, I'm sure, for some. People that are political, they'll think they're not going far enough for this. But see, what they're doing, the people behind it are so credible. And the whole idea is to point people to Jesus. They're not going to give them all the answers. They're going to make Jesus intriguing. He is. But we have to be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within us. You hear me? Because all these parachurch whatevers, they point people. They, people have to find a fellowship. They have to find a church body. And so that's the, that's the emphasis of this before, during, and after. They're going to they're gonna keep pointing Jesus from every kind of background to people like us and to the church, and we're going to be responsible to love them and to introduce them into Jesus, who he is. Amen? Not only fully man, but fully God. And uh, what an exciting time that is. So we try to support things that we think are, are helpful. We always have our opinions about things, but we know not of everything going on. So let's do our best to support this kind of thing. Another thing I just heard, and if somebody else has some information, you remember, I, I look, should have looked it up, but years ago there was a kind of a revival that broke out at Asbury. Does anybody ever remember hearing about that? Don't know what year. But, but my understanding is that there's another, another movement going on. Uh, I think this week, and, and so we'll be anxious to hear about that, and other college campuses are going there. And you know it's contagious, and if you get lit up there when you come back to Ohio, wherever, then you tend to light the fire wherever you are. So we'll, let's pray into that, that God's kingdom will come and his will be, will be done. And uh, because, uh, as Nate said, Jesus is the answer. We're pointing people to Jesus, aren't we? That's what's going to solve things. Well, I'm excited about this series with a little help from my friends here. This is a seven-weeker, and uh, some of the staff will be sharing responsibilities. I'm going to do the first three here in a row. But we're, we're, we're doing a series that I've called Settle It. Settle It. It's a good follow-up for 21 Jumpstart. And there's key words for every day. Every day. Today is going to be like an introduction. And, uh, but our, our word that we're really 
honing in on today is being decisive. Decisive. So Isaiah 43, 18 through 19a, here's the admonition to us. Everybody doing okay out there for how you're doing? Okay. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Boy, we could stop right there, couldn't we? Is that good admonition? Some of you are stuck because you're looking in the rearview mirror. How are you going to navigate forward if you're staring at the rearview mirror all the time? See, look, in other words, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way, dot, dot, dot. He's making a way for you. And so this will be a series of hope, I believe, and encouragement to all of us. So let me have you think a little bit. What's the difference between people you see who seem to live lives that are so fulfilled and fulfilling and those who don't? Have you ever thought about that? I, I know sometimes who we want to hang around with. Uh, it's, it's kind of the difference between Tigger and Eeyore in, in a sense, you know. How is it that some people have such meaningful relationships, so much going for them? I mean, relationships, strong finances in order, not about how much, but how they're stewarded, and they live generously, and they practice significant serving, and they just absolutely love life. Does anybody like to be around people that love life besides me? Are you one of those? I don't think that's a personality type. Then there are those who know there's more, but I'm just struggling to find it. And you've been struggling a mighty long time. So I want to say it again emphatically. The difference is not intelligence or edu- education or talent or, or even spiritual gifts or your personality or your abilities, your life experiences, your parents. No, 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 no. The key difference boils down to this, I believe. It's the decisions you make and live by. Yes? I'd call that being decisive. It's the decisions where you make up your mind and it connects with your heart and you say, I have settled it. Have you settled it? I looked up the scripture this morning, remember? Elijah's challenge, how long are you gonna halt between two opinions? Have you ever lived there? He said, if if the Lord is God, serve him, but if Baal's God, serve him. Choose, be decisive, and live in that choice. We make a choice to say yes to Jesus. We make a choice to surrender ourselves completely to him. And then our life as on the journey is made up of choice after choice, choices we never stop choosing what we chose some time ago. So this struggle that I'm presenting, it represents that that tension, if you will, between what I often say is your want to and your feel like it. There were times this week in busyness where I wanted to go exercise because I've decided many years ago that I need to do that because I'm no longer training for a sport and it was so much easier to get in shape when I knew basketball or baseball was coming up, but I don't do that anymore. And several years ago, I decided to get some accountability and this week, I did not particularly want to go down the stairs where the exercise equipment was, but I was never sorry when I came up the stairs. Are you with me on that? Never. So... I knew that this week was gonna be long with, with staff summit and I was drained and tired, but I knew there was a partner, there's an accountability partner that was waiting on me, so I, I said I'd be there, so I was gonna be there. But I decided a long time ago I wanted to, but in this week, I didn't feel like it, but I did it anyway because I wanted to. Some of you think wanting and feeling is the same. I'm, I'm just, in my mind, it's not. 
because this decisiveness is settling deeply what you want in your heart. And it's not a commitment to perfectionism because we don't believe in that word except for God alone, correct? But it's settling it and saying, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I'm gonna pursue. The quality and the follow through of these decisions, this decisiveness, will absolutely determine the quality of your life. In fact, it's determining it as we speak. Right now, right now. Could I say it this way? The decisions you have made and are making, they end up making you. And some of you have made some decisions, but you haven't revisited those decisions for a long time. And you may be far adrift from the decisions that you made. A wake up call. I've been pastoring for lots of years in various capacities, as you know. And I would have to say that generally speaking, People in general, I'll say again, not always, but are really not good decision makers. Has there ever been a decision or lack thereof that's gotten you in trouble? Decisions lead to regret many times. You want to respond, not react. You want to eat right and exercise, but you want to be wise with your resources, but oh, you want to be loving to people, but that pe person is an extra grace required. You want to do the right thing, but it's so easy not to. You want to make good decisions, but you don't. And I just want to say very clearly that if we're not good decision makers in, in every aspect, and obviously we're heading toward all things spiritual especially, because that's the foundation, but your life is not yours alone. It's not just gonna harm you. Listen, I like to say it this way. You know what? It's gonna hurt those who love you. And I say that, not just it's gonna hurt those you love, well, yeah, but it's gonna hurt those who love you. Because there's people who love you and disagree with some of the decisions because they're harming you, but they keep loving you anyway. How about that? Well, decisions. I love this story that I came across. I remembered it. I've heard it a number of times, but talking about bad decisions, I find it very humorous. Here it is. Dear sir, I'm writing in response to your request for additional information in block number three of the accident reporting form. I put poor planning, I would say poor decision making, as the cause of my accident. You ask for a fuller explanation, and I trust the following details will be sufficient. Stay tuned. I'm a bricklayer by trade. On the day of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. When I completed my work, I found that I had some bricks left over, which, when weighed later, were found to weigh 240 pounds. Rather than carry the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel by using a pulley which was attached to the side of the building on the sixth floor. Are you getting a picture? Securing the rope at ground level, I went up to the sixth floor on top of the roof, swung the barrel out over the side, loaded the bricks into it. Then I went down and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 240 pounds of bricks. Somebody say, uh-oh. You will note on the accident reporting form that my weight is 135 pounds. Due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so violently, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rapid rate up the side of the building. 
Somewhere in the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel, which was now proceeding downward at an equally impressive speed. This explains the fractured skull, minor abrasions in the broken collarbone, as listed in section three, accident reporting form. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent, not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley, which I mentioned in paragraph two of this correspondence. Fortunately, by this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold the rope in spite of the excruciating pain I was now beginning to experience. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks that had been going down hit the ground and at the bottom fell out of the barrel. Now, devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel weighed approximately 50 pounds. I refer you again to my weight. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent down the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming back up. This accounts for my two fractured ankles, broken tooth, and severe lacerations of my legs and lower body. But here my luck began to change slightly. The encounter with the barrel seemed to slow me just enough to lessen my injuries when I fell into the pile of bricks and fortunately only three vertebrae were cracked. I'm sorry to report, however, as I lay there on a pile of bricks in pain, unable to move, and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my composure and presence of mind, and I let go of the rope. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I've just described some of your lives. <laughs> Talk about a series of bad decisions. If one's not enough, I mean, they gotta stop before you hit the ground. So in this series, we're gonna be talking about the power of daily decisions. I love that story, power of daily decisions. So today is an introduction, and we're gonna dive into the six next word-filled, God's word-filled weeks. But a Q&A, when I, a Q&A, I'll just put a question I pose to you. Why do you struggle so much making good decisions? Why do you want to do the right thing, but so many times end up doing the wrong thing? Saying, thinking, whatever it could be. Well, I have some ideas about that, and I can always just scratch the surface. There are many more, but here's the struggle that I would present to you, because if there's ever been true, it's true now. Uh, we just have so many choices, we don't know what to decide. Have you ever had so many choices? Have you ever gone to one of those restaurants where they give you a menu about this thick? And how many of you know it's always dark in those restaurants? So pull out your phone magnifier and blow up that baby. But it's all those pages. And you know what I do? Uh, do you have a hamburger? <laughs> Can you relate? Um, some say who track these things, I mean, they must have way too much time on their hands. They say that we, we can make as many as 35,000 decisions per day that start the moment you wake up in the morning. Wow. And when we make volumes of decision, when the volume goes up, how many of you know the quality of decisions goes down? Because I don't know, but some of us today, you're struggling from decision fatigue. You know, by the end of the day, sometimes Dixie goes, what you want? I go, I don't have any idea what I feel like eating tonight. Growing up, my mom just used to slap it on the plate and you ate it, and if you didn't, you got another dip of it and had to eat it anyway. But you know what this leads to? This is serious. 
this decision fatigue leads to emotional fatigue, and it can even splash into spiritual fatigue. So too many choices. So we're going to need to talk about simplifying life, about what really matters. The second thing is there's a fear Fear, 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 fear factor these days off the charts. And there are so many people that are frozen in time and place because they're fearful of choosing wrong. Um, the wrong decision. What if, what if, what if, what if? And I want to say that this is especially true for Christians who don't want to miss God's perfect will. Do you know what is perfect will for you? We, oh, I'm, I'm still on a boycott of that word. Do you hear me? So I hope you catch yourself when you say perfect around me because I'm gonna look at you. I slip every now and then. It's like a form of religious swearing to me, saying perfect. We need to get over it because here's how it does. We have this jaded thinking, and I'll talk about it later in the series, but we, I wanna tell you what God's perfect will is. It's just for you to be obedient and decisive. We think God has one perfect will. Well, Life is over, it's limited, because I missed out when I was 16, 18. No, it's not. How many of you know God can do more with what's ahead than what's ever been behind? He just needs your obedience right now, and that's decisive. You know what that is? It's one big, fat, yes! We say it at the cross, and we say it in a life of surrender, and he goes, I can work with that. If you keep saying yes, you'll never get very far from the very center of my will. Oh, that's pretty good preaching, all right? Well, I could talk about that. But that sometimes causes us to be locked up, that fear, and we never get around to making a decision and, and therefore never make progress. And I would just suggest that doing nothing and staying in place forever, that's a decision as well. And then thirdly, some, some of the struggles. Oh, my. Um, the emotions tend to rule. So many people that I see are flying by the seat of their emotions these days. And how many you know that's a roller coaster ride that's better than anything at Cedar Point? That outdoes the beast at, at, at King's Island. This is often where that decision-making process breaks down because you either react or you spend so much time analyzing that it leads into a mess or it leads nowhere. Those are others. You could add to it, but the struggle. It's kind of like a guy I read about. He searched for just the right trailer for three weeks. Oh, my. Some of you are like that. And when you research stuff, I go, go you go, boy. You go, girl. And when you boil it down to two or three, you tell me the best two or three, and I'll make a decision over those. My oldest brother is that way. I mean, I don't have to research anything. I just call him up and say, what TV is the best? Oh, I've looked for six months, and here's what I found. I love it. I'll make a choice out of that. But this guy must have been like my oldest brother. He may be listening, hi. Um, he had to find just the right trailer to haul junk. And he looked online for three weeks. I wonder what suffer during that search. I would have just told Andrew and had him put it on whatever and put it out there and find it. What's that source? Yeah. I'm sure it's on eBay or whatever. I so listen, he finally bought the tra a trailer, found one. He hooked it up to his car, the hitch of his car, and immediately backed up, jackknifed the trailer into his car, and did $3,000 worth of damage to his car. <laughs> Way more than he ever paid for that trailer. Oh, the good news, the trailer was okay. 
so your logic is saying, be calm, respond. But emotions say, yell. Your mind says, be patient, but emotions say, get frustrated. Some of that, you need to hear that when you're driving down the road. Please don't get road rage in front of the church when you pull out of our drive, okay? Please don't. Please don't. Have a bumper sticker that says Grace or West Hill or something like that on your car (laughs) if you want to do that. And put the pastor's name real small. Nick, Zach. (laughs) This temptation is dangerous. You know it, you know it, you know it. But emotions say, go for it. Come on, this is where we live. And then we make emotional decisions that end up hurting you and those who love you. And I want you to think about that. I know I said it, but I want to revisit that. It's not just you, but it's those who love you. Not just those you love, but those who love you, who haven't get up, given up on you, who want the best for you, that are praying for you, that you may be so bugged at right now that you're avoiding, but they keep loving you. Well, let's look at the solution here. Um, so I would say as I summarize that area above, just this thought. Refuse to make permanent decisions based upon temporary feelings. Does that make sense to you? One of the best ways to live a quality, God-loving, people-serving, forward-looking, God-glorifying life is decide now, ahead of time, what you're gonna do later. Some of us try to decide too late when you're already in a compromising position. This is the power of godly decisions to keep you from sin. It's always best to decide before. Always. One of the best spiritual tools I believe you can utilize is to decide now what you're going to do later. Because now is the want to and later is probably going to be the feel like it. I'll say it again. You make quality God in honoring decisions ahead of time, and those decisions will make you settle it. Oh, I just don't think, yeah, you can. That's the biggest reason why we vacillate, because there are some issues that we haven't settled deep in our hearts. It's time to settle it. Settle it. I believe that over time, quality lives follow quality decisions. God-honoring decisions, faithful decision, follow-through decisions, followed-through decisions. Decide now what you're going to do in the future. I love this phrase. When I, when I think of this theme, I, I think about the verse that talks about everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I love that because when I think of do it as unto the Lord, it's like this palms up where, where you're doing it. You're not doing it for man. You're doing it unto him as a gift to sacrifice to him because you want to please him and honor him. Not to gain his favor because you already have it if you know him. But that's what you want to do. You want to bring it forward. Let's look at Colossians 3.23 in the, in the TEV version. It says, whatever you do, work, with, work at it with all your heart. 
Does that sound like conviction, like you've settled it? Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as though you were working for the Lord and not people. To me, that's that palms up as unto the Lord. Not just spiritual things, but all things. People might not listen to what you say about Jesus because they don't respect your work ethic. When, when nobody's watching, just for example. And you know, that led me to this thought and example. I've settled it. I'm speaking for myself. In every situation, my choice ahead of time is this. Father, bring glory to your name. Has anybody heard that before? John 12, 28a. I can't get too far off track if I'm keeping that in my heart and mind. In relationships, in interaction, in business, whatever it may be. In driving down the road, <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. That has nothing to do with things spiritual, does it? Proverbs 16.3, how about this? Commit to the Lord whatever. That's another word for everything, anything you do. And your plans will succeed. What's the plan? To bring glory to his name. The plan, success doesn't depend on your preferred or desired outcome necessarily. Is God Please, can he say, well done, well done, well done. So commit to the Lord. I mean, I could do an exhaustive list, but I mean, the, the dating relationships, I don't care if you're older or younger, honor him, your financial decisions, your children and your parenting and your grandparenting, your professional decisions, your relational choices, the daily life decisions. Father, bring glory to your name. I want to do it today. Everything I do is unto you. A sacrifice of praise. That sounds like Matthew 6, to me where it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Everything you need, which is not necessarily everything you want. So, so help me God. Did DC Talk do a song about that years ago? Anybody heard of DC Talk? Teens, any teens in here? I'm an old fogey. So help me God, I will determine my course of action before the moment, whatever that moment is. Yeah. Settle it with the help of God and by standing on the truth of his unchanging word, I'm gonna decide before a given situation arises. Um, Practical solutions, I, it's, it's spiritual, it's practical as well, but for example, I, somebody said that they, in this day of Amazon and a quick click and a buy or whatever, but they said whenever trying to be really a good steward of their resources, they said whenever they want something and they think it might be on the impulsive side, they force themselves to wait at least three days before they return to that decision. They'd say, they said, you wouldn't believe how many things I don't purchase because I've thought about it for three days. For example, Oh, and it's just not financial things. I mean, if you were gonna respond in some way, if you think about it for three to five days, you might do something totally different than you did in the moment. Oh, some of us need to think longer than that before we click send on an email or a text. Huh? I mean, write it out in all your fury and then delete it. And it'll accidentally be sent to the wrong person anyway, and then you're gonna be in really hot water. I just thought I'd throw that in. Um, some of you struggle so much and you're 
like a deer in the headlights because you battle so much with the worry. And, you know, we could all do that. We could worry so much about our kids, our grands, and everything else. It could just, it could just destroy us. But when I feel worry rising up, I have to just say, the word says that I need to go immediately to God and cast all of my cares on him. And this is a care and concern, so I'm going to cast this on him. The problem is we think we did it once and we can't do it five times. No, you do it and you keep on doing it. Whenever you feel that worry or whatever boiling up, um, settle it. Don't react. Don't live a reactionary life. Determine how you're going to respond when the heat's on and the temperature rises. Uh, I almost never have any trouble doing something that I feel like doing. How about you? But what I always feel like doing is not necessarily the right response. It's not the God-honoring, God-giving glory response. Well, we could go cover to cover in the Bible. But Genesis 22, God told Abraham to take his one, his only son of promise, and go to the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. And it sounds so horrific to people that don't understand the context of the Bible. And it couldn't have made complete sense to Abraham. I mean, I used my imagination in that sense, trying to put myself in that circumstance. But he had already settled it. He was God's man. The obedience factor kicked in based upon wanting to please God, and he did exactly what God asked him to do. Agreed? Read that story. Here's one. At weddings, they used to sing, Whither thou goest, I will go. Does anybody remember that old wedding song? The Book of Ruth. You remember? Uh, Naomi. She was left alone with her, her husband died in a strange land, her two sons, and she decided to return to her homeland. And Ruth told her in verse 16 of chapter 1 of Ruth, said, don't ask me to leave you or turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. She settled it, saying, no debate here. I'm going with you. She settled it. I'm trying to give you the picture that this is true in so many areas of life. I've been reading about Daniel. We'll talk more about him later in this series, I believe, but you remember he and his friends were taken captive to a foreign land where the leaders in power tried to turn them into Babylonian clones and uh, they refused to cave to the customs of that land. And you remember Dan Daniel said, I've decided ahead of time, I'm not going to eat all the junk you're trying to feed us. I'm going to stick to my plans. And verse 8 says, Daniel was determined. That's another, that's another term for settled it. Not to defile himself by eating food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff. He followed the protocol for permission not to eat these acceptable foods. He stood strong in a totally foreign and pagan culture. But here's the thought when I think about this. It seems like a small thing. But I guarantee you, Daniel didn't wait until he got into the dining room to make his decision. He settled it ahead of time that he was going to honor God in this way. And that will also speak to the motivation later about why we do the things we do, not just for the sake of self-discipline. He wanted to honor God in every way. So I want to ask you, I'm rounding the corner here rapidly, I want to ask you, if I could, um, do you have a strong core of uncompromising principles and values? Do you have convictions that you live by? Convictions aren't a church thing. Convictions are from God and to God. Think about that. It's important to make some decisions to settle it. To know who and what you value. To, 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 to know what's most important and determine I've settled it. I am not going to compromise no matter what anybody else at school or in the office does. I'm going to honor God. I just wonder what qualities 
do you want to be known for? What do you want your reputation to be? If we're going to point in praise. What characteristics do you want to be known for? How do you want others to describe you? Just asking. Pray about it. Think about it. Talk about it. Commit everything to the Lord so that he will establish your plans based upon the values he has placed in your heart like integrity and faithfulness and purity and kindness and generosity and on and on the list could go. I don't know about you, but I'm finding in this season of my life as well that having clear values really helps simplify my decision making. When I've settled it, it makes decisions down the road much easier. I won't turn back. I've decided to follow Jesus. When you know what you value clearly, you can settle it before the heat of the moment. Based upon God's word and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Oh, how this will save us, save you from making unwise and regrettable decisions time and time again because decisions set the direction and determine the destiny of your life. Another question. Do you, seriously, only you can answer this. Do you like the direction your life decisions are taking you? It's your decisions that are taking you where you are. Life is moving rapidly at the speed of your decisions, I'll say. And I'm encouraging you this first message in this introduction and in this message to come to take your life back. Settle it. Decide to go a different direction, to do things differently because of who God is and because of who you are. Because of what you value. Settle it before you get into a situation and settle for a, an emotionally based decision. I think I said this some time ago, but I'll say it again. When you know who God is and you know who you are, you will know what to do, and I believe you'll do it because you've been decisive. You've settled it. Amen? Amen? The trajectory of your life decisions will determine your landing. How many of you know it's not how high you go, but the landing is really critical? <laughs> Do you remember when I told you about, I think it's gazelles, I should have refreshed the story, but you know, they show them on films, National Geographic, these things that can jump and have speed and jump an amazingly high. And yet sometimes they're incarcerated in, in zoos and things like that in unlikely places where they could get out of because they can jump. But what they do, they create an obstruction just enough so they can't see where they're going to land and gazelles will never jump if they can't see where they're going to land. That's a pretty good takeaway for us, isn't it? Because your trajectory determines where you're going to land. Some of the songs that Charity Gale released and uh, that we've been singing a couple weeks ago and we'll sing but she has one it caught my eye because it's based upon a gospel song that I knew of called a new name written down in glory 
And based on, the, based on the verse that we read, and I'll close with here, she said, see, I'm a, now a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, there's new life. I live by faith, not by sight. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, yes, it's mine. I've met the author of my story, and he's mine, yes, he's mine. And then there goes into a little bridge or something that's almost a wrap, but I love it. It goes like this. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Did you catch that? That's what we live out of. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Who are you? In Christ, I'm a child of God. Could I remind you that Jesus set the example of settling it? He settled it before he got on the cross. Do you remember the garden scene that we used to do in our Easter ministry musical? Do you remember that? The agonizing of settling that, the, the human side, just the wrestling with the divine nature and what God had called him to do. So wherever you are, decisive or indecisive today, these words, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way. We're going to end with forever, holy forever one more time. But it just reminds, I remind you this, as we go into this series, the best thing you can do, it's not a series of describing these words or doing message and word studies about, the, scripture studies about these words of, of, of the next six weeks. You need to be decisive because some of you have never come to the decision clearly and said yes to, the, yes to Jesus. And you know what? In other words, you've never said basically I do to Jesus. You've heard about it. Could I just ask you what's holding you back? You got to settle it. You got to decide. And that's the place to begin all of this. this is, these aren't self-help messages. It's based upon that reality as I've said yes. I've been decisive. I've made a decision to follow Jesus. I've said yes and I'm saying yes to him. I'm going to live out of that big yes every single day. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand if you can. You know by now, if you're new, we use the altars and the stairs all the time. And if God's Spirit is talking to you, if you've never, if you've never said yes to Jesus, man, put feet to it and come and stand or bow and make that decision today. And tell somebody what you've made. We have resources and things that can help you. We can pray with you. You can pray alone. Whatever the case may be. I do. I do. That's how you can be decisive today to make the most fundamental eternity changing decision in the world father thank you so much for your presence here i feel like we could have dismissed and gone home after we sang holy forever thank you for this anointed song and so we realize that it's fitting that we sing it at the end because this isn't a self-help message we can be decisive because of who you are you are unchanging the faithful one and so we want to sing to you and this you're our source of strength and hope that's why we can decide today about decisions we're going to make down the road because you are faithful. It's who you are. I pray that there'll be some here in this room and online today who say yes and make that decisive decision. I'm not going to, I'm going to cross a line. I'm going to come all the way in. I'm saying yes, Jesus, I will follow you all the days of my life. May we settle our relationship with you. I pray it confidently in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you know the song now. Come on, let's just raise the roof, okay? Let's raise the roof. You are holy forever. The angels cry. I love when the people sing to the King of Kings, holy.
You're holy forever. Come on, team, lead us. Lead us. Let's enter in. You may want to come to the front and worship. You may want to bow, kneel, whatever it is. Let's be responsive today.